You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 107. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting Tracy Clark, who is a native Chicagoan who writes mysteries set in her hometown while working as an editor in the newspaper industry. She's a graduate of Mundelein College, where she earned a Bachelor of Arts degree, and the University of Illinois in Chicago, where she earned her M.A., since reading her first Nancy Drew mystery, Tracy has dreamed of crafting mysteries of her own, mysteries that feature strong, intelligent, independent female characters and those who share their world. Cass Rain's ex-cop turned intrepid P.I. is such a character. In addition to her Cass Rain's novels, Tracy's short story, For Services Rendered, appears in an anthology, Shades of Black, Crime and Mystery Stories by African-American Authors. Her latest book, What You Don't See, is her third in her Chicago mystery uh, series, it was released on May 26, 2020, and we're going to talk with Tracy about her latest book, her writing process, and a whole lot more. So stay tuned for my interview coming up with uh, Tracy Clark. Before we get to the interview, I want to tell you about Masterclass, a great uh, site where you can uh, learn from the best. They have some amazing uh, writing uh, legends that are on Masterclass right now. And so you can uh, go over there at thrillingreads.com forward slash masterclass. It's a great way to support the podcast and learn from the best. I have writer's book. I cannot write. First draft is pure torture for me. I hate every second of it. It's a daunting thing to start a book. There were some dark times when I wasn't actually sure I could accomplish this. Sounds like something that you can do nothing about. That, of course, isn't true. If you're not sure what to write, write the wrong thing a few times. And let that be the process by which you find the right thing. Human beings are storytelling creatures. Stories are vital. What you should be doing right now is sitting down to start writing immediately. You become a writer by writing. There is no other way. I'm Neil Gaiman. I'm Shonda Rhimes. I'm Dan Brown. I'm Margaret Atwood, and this is my master class. Check out those master classes and a whole lot more over at thrillingreads.com forward slash masterclass. All right, here's my interview with Tracy Clark. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Alan Peterson with uh, Meet the Thriller Author. And on the phone, I have Tracy Clark. Uh, Tracy's a native uh, Chicagoan who writes mysteries uh, set in her hometown uh, while working as an editor in the newspaper industry. Her latest novel, What You Don't See, is the third book in the Chicago mystery series featuring ex-homicide cop turned P.I. Cassandra Raines, uh, which has her teaming up with a former partner to protect the celebrity from a deadly stalker. So we'll talk about all that, that good stuff here in a moment. Uh, Tracy, welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So uh, so can you tell the, uh, the our listeners a bit about your background, your journey that got you to where you are now publishing these books? Oh, I don't know. It's been a pretty long journey for me. Uh, I think I started writing uh, actively, maybe in high school or so. So I'm trial and error all through that. And first uh, job, I sort of worked in uh, communications and went from that to a features magazine. I went from there to uh, the alderman's office. I worked there for a time, all the while I'm writing. So, you know, sort of going through these jobs and at the back of my mind, knowing that I wanted to write books, but not quite getting there yet. So it's been quite a journey. Uh, now I work in the newspaper industry, and of course that's challenging. So I sort of edit during the day, and then write uh, whenever I can. So the books sort of get done slowly uh, in between other things. So it's a, kind of a sort of dual existence, but uh, sort of making it so far. 
And the, so you've always dreamed to be a writer, so it seems like your whole, your whole life has been in writing, huh? Yeah, yeah. So when you look back over your childhood and stuff, you sort of see where the sort of line starts. And I think I sort of started writing before I actually started writing. Uh, I would play with my Barbie dolls, but my Barbie dolls had never had, like, tea parties or anything like that. They were all ways, you know, running from the cops or hiding in a barn somewhere, robbing a bank. You know, so that sort of... I sort of did that sort of fantasy play, not realizing that I was sort of in the crime fiction area. Um, and I only realized that as I looked back over sort of trying to figure out where this all started. But I was always that kind of kid. So I went from that to sort of reading uh, Hardy Boys, uh, Nancy Drew, and I just sort of stayed in that sort of lane. And now I got to the point now where that's my, that's my gig. But I also had that it's sort of a twisted sort of twisted sort of a thing in my head that that's where my thing that's where my sweet spot was yeah it's, it's, it's similar too because i used to do that with the the my toys when i was a kid too i would like yeah. blow them up and set them on fire <laughs> barbie was always on the lamb you know always sort of <laughs> running from people or robbing you know it was weird stuff and i only realized that now at this point sort of looking back that it was not quite normal that's not usually how most people stay with their barbies and you know, but sort of get me in that uh, in that sort of frame of mind before I even started concentrating on developing a story, developing characters, uh, figuring out what I might want to write about. I always knew that that sort of crime spot was my little thing. And then is that why you went? I think you went into like uh, for journalism. Is you just trying to learn the? Well, I think when you're a writer, or at least for me, just sort of. Well, you want to be that, but you, you really don't see anybody around you that's that, and you don't have that sort of as a, a thing to sort of aspire to. So I think in the back of my mind, I wanted to be a writer, but you know, you still have to, you still have to work, you still have to pay bills. So I sort of went. I had English communications as my major in school and also grad school. So I sort of looking at PR and advertising when I sort of graduated, but it bored me to death. Uh, when I actually got to the point where I had to make a decision about that being my career path. And, and I just sort of happened to go into editing for newspaper syndication, and I kind of liked that because I was reading all day, uh, reading op-eds and doing comic strips and puzzles and stuff like that. And it was kind of interesting. Every day was different. And at the back of my mind, there was this thing that would not sort of go away, and that was writing books and writing crime fiction. So I did sort of half and half, then three quarters, one quarter, <laughs> and then finally mm-hmm. got to the point where I'm going to make the commitment, I'm going to do it, see how far I can go with it, and we'll see what happens. And so now your latest book is uh, What You Don't See, and that's like the third book in the uh, Chicago Mystery Series, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. So how did that How did that uh, series come together, and, and your latest uh, novel, how did this all come together for you? Um, I think the character, the voice of this main character has been with me for quite a while. I think back in those sort of Barbie doll days, uh, when Barbie's running from the cops, that sort of snarky, sort of badass sort of character sort of started there. So when I sort of thought about what I would write about, where I would set it, what it would be about, that voice was always in my head. So I just started from there. As to the story itself for the third book, see the antagonist in that one is sort of based on a, new, a real person so that was there and then I just sort of build uh, a story around that so the character was there first 
Uh, the main character's been with me for a while. And then I sort of created an interplay between the two of them and sort of built a story. And do you put, do you see, do you see yourself in the, in Cassandra Reigns or any of the other characters? Not really. Uh, she's far more, far braver than I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the half the things she does, I, I, what are you doing? I can't imagine myself doing stuff like that, but it's fun to sort of dream about it and sort of create these scenarios for her as long as it's safe for me. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 for the safety of our behind our computers. Move, I never move from the chair. Everything's safe and sound for me. And then she has these adventures, which are kind of interesting to sort of go along with. Yes, yeah, I thought it was really cool too. When I was uh, doing the preparing for the for the interview, uh, you were in a, uh, one of your short stories was featured in an anthology uh, for Services Rendered. And it was the Shades of Black Crime and Mystery Stories by African American Authors. And so your story was featured there, like with Walter Mosley and other uh, great authors. How was how did that come together, and how was it working in an anthology like that? That was a cool thing. Um, Eleanor Taylor Bland was a friend of mine. I met her at one of uh, the Dark and Stormy Night conferences way back. I was still in school. Uh, I was still in school, and I would go every year to these conferences uh, to try to learn how to craft a story. Uh, we learned about voice and setting and character development and all that. So I went for a few years without ever writing anything. I was just going to see what it was all about, how it would do it. And as part of that, there was like a critique session where you could sort of have a published writer look at your stuff and tell you whether or not it's crap or not. And uh, <laughs> Eleanor mm-hmm. was one of the people who looked at my writing and said, yeah, I think it's pretty good. Uh, here's my number. Uh, call me uh, when you have the next bit of it, and I'll take a look at that too. And a friendship sort of developed with that. And when she was sort of putting the anthology together, she asked me if I would, you know, submit a short story for it. And I said, heck yeah. I mean, who would say no to that? Um, <laughs> that short story was the first thing I had ever written full out um, all the way through beginning, middle, and end. And that was the voice, that main character that was in my head for all those years. And it was just sort of a practice thing to see whether or not I could tell a complete story, whether or not I could sort of get all of those moving pieces together, pacing, setting, character development, all of it. And so that was for services rendered. And uh, she put it in the anthology, and I was tickled pink and still am. And I sort of went from there. With that sort of as my foundation, I said, well, you know, that's not that wasn't so hard. You know, maybe if I could write that, I can write a whole novel dumb, but uh, that took a few more years after that point, you know, but it was sort of a foundation. I got in the anthology, was tickle pink about it, and that sort of set me off on really sort of buckling down and seeing whether or not I can put a full novel together using that character, different name, different sort of backstory. I sort of developed that as I went along, um, but it started there. So that short story and then full blown. And what's your what's your writing process then? Like um, when you start when you sit down to to, to write your novel, um, like what's like a, your writing day like? Well, uh, before the pandemic, I would go to work and uh, I would sort of break for my lunch, and that one hour was my writing session for the afternoon, and then I would go home and write another maybe two or three hours in addition to that. Um, being home all day long now, I still have the work, so I sort of work from home. And I sort of sort of keep to that same schedule. So I work in the morning, get up early, maybe get a couple hours in, uh, break for lunch, get another hour in, and then at the end of the day, maybe two or three hours more. 
And so it's sort of segmented writing sessions, but it sort of slowly gets me through the entire thing. Um, I just finished book four now. I have until the 1st of July to hand that in, and I'm just sort of reading over it again one more time just to make I'm sure I haven't made any monumental mistakes. And, you know, so that's how I do it. It's slow. I write really slow because I'm sort of particular about uh, how the sentences sound and sort of how they sort of trip off the tongue. So that takes a little while. Uh, other people sort of write really fast and really zip through and then they go back and they sort of refine. I sort of refine as I go really slowly as baby steps so that when I get to the end of the manuscript, it's pretty clean. It's just a matter of me going back and layering in things, uh, putting clues in where I sort of missed them out the first time. Um, you know, so slow and then maybe a little faster and then slow again. So my final pass. So yeah, it's, it's quite a thing. <laughs> well, you have an editor background too, probably. So you probably can't turn that off. <laughs> yeah. And I think, the, I think the, the advice really is for writing is just, just breeze through, just leave the, 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 the wayward commas and all the rest of it. I can't do it. My brain can't do it. I can I, if I leave a comma or a semicolon out of space, it just throws me off. So I have to fix it while I'm there and then go on. I can't push on and then have to come back and have this big mess waiting for me. I sort of do it as I go along. I know that's probably the weirdest way to do it, or most people don't do it that way, but that's just the way my brain works. No, but I like that, too, because, like you said, then you, you have a much cleaner uh, draft, because, yeah, yeah so you, I finished, and I'm like, I know I have to go back and look at a mess. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the part I don't like. I don't like having to have that mess waiting for me, like a big mountain sort of overshadowing <laughs> yeah. you. I think as I, when I get to the end, I'm pretty sure that I've got a really sort of solid uh, paced beginning, middle, and end, and it's just a matter of me going back and maybe layering in uh, a few things here, adding a clue here, maybe even adding a character that I might need. But I basically the story is there. Everything sort of works together. Uh, there aren't any wayward commas or misspelled words usually. Um, you know, so it's easier when I get to the end. But it's slow getting there. And do you uh, do you outline before, or do you like right from the seat of your pants? I'm one of the panthers. <laughs> Probably the weird, I mean, the weird way for to do it, really, because it, you don't have any outline or no guidepost or anything like that. I sort of begin where Cass's uh, case begins. Uh, somebody walks into her office with a problem, and that's where I start. And I would sort of follow it logically as to how, what what would be her first step, where would she go next, uh, who would she question, you know. So I'm sort of in it as she's in it. And I find that when I do it that way, just for my brain, um, all these interesting sort of creative things sort of pop out and give you these weird uh, angles that you didn't might be didn't think about before. So it's, uh, it's sort of an adventure for me too. What, I'm always curious about what the, what writers use. What what tools do you use? Do you use like my, uh, Microsoft Word or something else? I just use Word um, mm-hmm. to start at page one. I go all the way to the end. I know there are all these little bells and whistles that writers use and sort of uh, sort of outline of things. I don't do any of that. It just confuses me. <laughs> well, it's, it's working, me. obviously. <laughs> it's, just, it's just me, Microsoft Word, the, the seat I'm sitting in, and the laptop. That's it. And do you usually write in the same spot when you're writing, or do you like to mix it up a little bit? <laughs> uh, well, before the pandemic, uh, I had oh, one, yeah. yeah, I had one specific uh, sort of huddle room, they call them. I would go in there uh, every day, that room, that seat, that desk, that was mine for that one hour. Uh, now I sort of sit wherever I need to. I'm couch, 
bed, uh, table, wherever, any place that's quiet. Yeah, that is something with the pandemic. How we like? Yeah, it's weird. It, it, yeah, you can't do the way you used to do things. Obviously, <laughs> it's kind of throwing me off, but I'm I'm dealing with it. You know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, do you still find uh, time? Find uh, do you still find time to read uh, mysteries and thrillers? Yeah. Um, once I'm done with my sessions, at the end of the day, I read uh, until I sort of go turn in for the bed. Um, I read in that genre. I like crime fiction, uh, PI novels. I love. Um, so anything in that, um, you know, but I'm not sort of held to that. I like reading everything. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a stack of TBR, uh, hopefuls right there that I'm looking at right now that I can't wait to get to. And I just sort of read slowly as I have time for it. And then when I finish that one, I grab another one, pluck one off the top of the list and then go from there. There's so much exciting it- stuff coming out. Yeah, it's, it's so yeah. The 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 to be red piles just keeps getting right. bigger, but it's, it's, but it's exactly. fun though. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and so, which authors do you think uh, influence you uh, the most as a writer? Well, uh, in the PI for PI stories, I, I read a lot of uh, Agatha Christie. She's got her uh, Tommy and Puppets Beresford uh, PI team. Uh, Hercule Poirot, of course. Um, Nancy Drew. And then we sort of got into the mid-80s when all the crime writer, female crime writers came along. Uh, Sarah Koretsky, Sarah Sue Grafton, Marsha Miller. Um, so all of those, uh, Valerie Wilson-Wesley, uh, now Kristen uh, Lepianca. I love that uh, Roxane Weary series. Um, you know, yeah, so I read everything. And uh, so what's uh, so you said you're, you just finished the fourth book. Are, you, are there going to be more uh, uh, books uh, with Cass Rains uh, in the future? I don't know. We'll see. Um, I turn this one in on the 1st of July, and we'll see what they do from there. I'm only contracted for the 4th, so either I'll have another one or I'll do something else. Yeah, that's it. Some of these things are out of our hands. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) And uh, have you published other books uh, besides uh, this series? No, this is it. Uh, This is the first uh, foray into the publishing industry, and so far, so good. Yeah, it's been exciting. Is it uh, your fourth book already? So you can have a pro now. (laughs) Yeah, it is exciting. It's a lot of fun being in sort of the writer community. They talk about the writer community, but it's really close and everybody's so nice and uh, supportive of everybody else. And I I like that part of it. Um, It's now learning how to uh, market and, you know, promote and do all that fun stuff, which is not really in my sort of wheelhouse, but slowly but surely I'm getting there and you know, it's an, uh, an experience. <laughs> it's yes, an experience. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, okay. Well, uh, so any advice for writers out there who who listen to this? I have a lot of, of aspiring writers that listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know what? Uh, the only real rock solid advice I have for any writer is to just keep pushing along. Uh, it took me, oh, I don't know, more than thirty years to get from first initial. Uh, writing for that short story before that to my first uh, book deal, uh, almost 30 years. You know, if, and if I gave it up halfway through, I wouldn't be here. Uh, it's persistence. It's uh, knowing that you have something, sticking to that, and pushing forward no matter what kind of rejections you get or all the negative negativity that's out there because it's out there. Uh, you know, but just to have to believe in that you've got something, you want it, and you're going to do it. And that's the best advice I can get any writer. And then readers uh, can find more about you. You have uh, at your website, uh, TracyClarkBooks.com. Yep. 
That's it. And I'm also yeah. on Twitter and uh, Facebook and all that fun stuff. Okay. And so, out. yeah, yeah. Please do uh, go check uh, Tracy out. And uh, what what you don't see is out uh, came out May 26th, so it's out already. So uh, people should go check that out. Um, okay. Well, Tracy, well, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast. I really enjoyed uh, talking with you. It's a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Alan. Thanks for listening to the Meet the Thriller Author podcast. Be sure to visit thrillerauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover great thrilling reads. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, uh, rate, and give a review uh, to it, wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast, be it uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, wherever it is that you're uh, listening to this right now. I would appreciate it. And uh, please do check out my own thriller novels over at my website at alanpeterson.com. Until next time.